Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. We're back at it again, y'all. This is round two of the doubleheader here on a Friday. We are previewing the late slate, the night slate of college football on this Saturday, November 12th. Got a lot of big games going on. My Texas Longhorns are in the 7.30 primetime game on ABC, so y'all know I had to preview this slate, all right? So if you are interested in all the other sports that I've been covering this week, Wednesday was the main college football episode. Make sure you check that out if you're playing college football DFS at the 12 p.m. slate. Yesterday, Thursday, we did our NFL Week 10 preview, buy or sell. Earlier this morning, we released a college basketball episode. We previewed this night, Friday night's games. I said that really weirdly. Friday night's games of college basketball DFS action. So if you're looking into getting into college basketball DFS, make sure you check that out. College basketball, like college football, has been one of my more profitable games because it is under-researched. It's underutilized. People don't put in all the time and effort that they do into NFL and NBA, into college basketball. So there is money to be made just by doing a little research. You put yourself ahead of 90% of the field. And guess what? I did all the research for you. All you have to do is go check out the podcast from earlier this morning, College Basketball DFS Preview. All right. Also, if you want my full DFS lineups for college football, college basketball, NFL, golf, whatever. Head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And then also make sure you're following me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. I'll be happy to answer any start, sit, lineup questions on Twitter. I'm also dropping stats, facts, nuggets, core plays every week. All right, enough about me. Let's talk some college football. I'm very hype about this slate, y'all. Starting off by talking about the quarterback position, we are looking yet again at a slate where Bo Nix is the highest price option at quarterback. And look, he's as safe of an option as there is. He's had over 32 fantasy points every game this season except week one against Georgia. And look, I get it. Georgia did the same thing to Hendon Hooker. He he had a really good streak going until he played them as well. So that Georgia defense does it to people. This game, the Oregon-Washington game, Washington, not Wisconsin. The Oregon-Washington game has the second highest over-under on the slate, and Oregon has the highest team total implied on the slate when you look at the over-under and the point spread. So I absolutely get going to Bo Nix. I think he does not need to be stacked because he runs in so many touchdowns himself, and so many of his receivers see inconsistent usage. If you play Bo Nix, you do not need to stack him. I think he's a great option for cash games, and I think if you're able to squeeze enough value in, he's a great GPP option as well. Drake May of North Carolina is the second safest option. He's also the second here on the board. He's got 26 or more fantasy points in every game except one. This UNC Wake Forest game has the highest over-under on the slate. If I'm picking one game to stack or to onslaught, this UNC Wake Forest game is it. Wake has given up performances of 40 fantasy points to DJ Uyunglele and then 23 fantasy points to MJ Morris and Jordan Travis. I think that Drake May is better than all three of those guys I just mentioned. So I think that this game is one that I'm very intrigued to stack. This game could absolutely go crazy Saturday night, just like the SMU-Houston game did a week ago. If there's any game that's going to do that on this slate, it is this UNC Wake Forest game because Sam Hartman's on the other side. Sam Hartman, slightly down the pricing board, he's been a little more inconsistent than Drake May, but we've been targeting 
this UNC secondary all year long, and it's been paying dividends for us all year long. Keep going after this UNC pass defense, and this week it's Sam Hartman and that Wake Forest passing attack that we know can be explosive, that we know operates at a high tempo. This game could very easily see 80 points scored in it. Sam Hartman, to add to that fact, in my opinion, a better GPP play than Drake May. Drake May is going to see more ownership. I think Sam Hartman has an equal ceiling, though. He hit 43 points earlier this season. Now, the next four quarterbacks are not as intriguing to me as the previous two or previous three that I just talked about. Here's how I would rank them in this order. Michael Penix Jr., he passes the ball more than the other three, and he's going to have a good game script because Wisconsin is going to have to score points to keep up with Oregon. Second is Max Duggan. He's been super consistent since he's got the starting job, but the Texas defense is going to be the toughest that he has seen all year, especially considering that they're going to see a lot of help from former TCU head coach Gary Patterson helping that defense in this game. Third would be Stetson Bennett. Look, it's a weak Mississippi State pass defense, but George is not going to need to throw. He's not going to need to throw the ball that many times for them to win this game. So that is why Stetson Bennett is ranked here third. Fourth, I would say, is Jordan Travis. I just don't think he has the ceiling of all the other guys in this range. Um, he hasn't flashed it a lot all year. Solid cash game play, not, just not interested in him for GPPs. Now for values, I do have three of them. I feel like I talk about this guy every week, but Quinn Ewers, at that price tag, that is a really good Texas offense. And all that would need to happen is for them to score the same amount of points they've been scoring, except less vulturing touchdowns by B. John Robinson, less vulturing touchdowns by Roshan Johnson, less vulturing touchdowns by Keelan Robinson. If some of these rushing touchdowns, particularly by the backups, turn into passing touchdowns for Quinn, he's going to be an incredible play because we know this Texas offense is going to move up and down the field and they're going to score points. Robbie Ashford of Auburn is an interesting play. He's got 30 fantasy points and 24 fantasy points in his last two games, which honestly, at that price tag, I'm taking 24 fantasy points all day, every day. And we also just watched Texas A&M get utterly torched by Florida's Anthony Richardson. And not trying to, you know, compare too much here. Anthony Richardson, very elite athlete running quarterback. Robbie Ashford, very elite athlete running quarterback. Robbie Ashford does not have the arm Anthony Richardson has, but still, he can gain points on his legs, and I don't think this AMU, or Texas A&M defense is very good, and I think that Robbie Ashford definitely has upside at his current price tag. Now, the last value that I like, and this kind of goes for whichever Texas A&M quarterback starts. However, I really like Connor Weigman. I was all over him last week heading into the Florida game, and then half the Texas A&M roster got the flu, and he was out Saturday morning, which was really disappointing. And we had to pivot to Haynes King, and Haynes King didn't do bad against Florida, but I like Weigman better. He's got the, he's got the upside that Haynes King does not. Weigman, if he plays, is my number one value quarterback. He had 32 points in his only start this season, and that Auburn defense we've seen it week in and week out is really weak. So if he plays, Connor Weigman is my value play at quarterback. Other than that, I'm going to the top three options, Knicks, May, Hartman. All right, let's switch on over to the running back position. Starting at the top of the board with the running back position this week. Look, the board this week at running back, you got B. John Robinson, and then you got a big gap and then you got the rest of them. I mean, do I need to talk anymore about Bijan Robinson? He's the best back in college football. He's got the highest floor of any player in college fantasy football. He's got a very high over-under in this game against TCU. 
he's got a very good game script because Texas is favored. Just so many reasons to play Bijan Robinson. I think he's worth every penny of that price tag. Looking further down the board, Kendra Miller on the other side of this game is my number two running back this week. You know, Texas is a pretty good defense, but if they've been susceptible to anything, it's been, you know, running the football. Deuce Vaughn of Kansas State just had 150 total yards and a touchdown against Texas. And if you get that production out of Kendra Miller, you're going to be a happy camper. So I think that Texas defense this week will look to shut down the passing game in Max Duggan. They're going to make them give it to Kendra Miller on the ground, which will give him the production that we need. He's my number two running back this week. Syracuse's Sean Tucker at this price tag to me feels kind of disrespectful. It's the lowest price he's been at all season. And look, he's the same player he was at the start of the year when he was consistently having 30-point weeks. He just hasn't gotten the same usage with Syracuse having a backup quarterback in and just hasn't really found the end zone as much. I think he's in for some regression this week. I think this price tag is a good spot to play him at. And FSU gives up 143 rush yards per game. If Tucker is able to get, let's say, 100 of those 143 and then, you know, two scores, some catches out the backfield, that's going to pay his price tag off very easily. I absolutely love Devin A-Chain at the price tag he is at. We were all over him last week against Florida, paid good dividends for us, and I'm all over him again this week. His price only went up $400. His team does not need a win for him to pop. He's a big play guy. He can catch it out the backfield. He can break off big runs. He's also liable to take a kickback every now and then. I like Devin A-Chain at this price tag. Just solid, solid play. He's going to be high-owned. I don't care. Very good play at his price tag for running backs. Jaden Ott of Cal is probably going to be very low-owned given that Kendra Miller and Devin A-Chain are right around him in the price range, and he's got a really steady workload. Um, I know Cal isn't exactly the best team out there. They're, you know, not great, but if they're going to give this steady workload to Jaden Ott, why not take advantage of it? I think this is a solid price tag for a guy that gets the amount of carries that he gets in week in and week out. For North Carolina, They've been playing a little game of musical chairs at running back. Last week, it was Elijah Green's turn. He had 22 carries last week. So if I'm not mistaken, I believe that is the highest single number of carries that a Carolina running back had in a game all season. So maybe, just maybe, we finally have a lead back in that potent North Carolina offense. And if it's Elijah Green, he's a very good option this week because Wake Forest can be had on the ground or through the air. You can score on them either way. They've shown that all season. So I absolutely think if Elijah Green has taken over that lead back role, he can very much pay value. However, I'm not willing to say with 100% certainty because of the musical chairs game that they've been playing that he's going to be that lead back yet again. If he is, high upside, low owned, great play. If he's not, high risk. Next guy that I absolutely love is Tank Bigsby of Auburn. Very slow start to the season for Tank, but he's got 16 or more fantasy points in three straight games. You know, going up against Texas A&M, it's not exactly the best defense in the world. So I can see Tank Bigsby continuing that streak and getting another 16-point performance, which we are okay with at his price tag. We've been targeting Kansas's rush defense all season. They're not a good rushing defense. Now, Unfortunately for us, Texas Tech, you know, they're still running the air raid over there. They don't run the ball a whole lot. But if they do, it's going to go to their running back, Taj Brooks. I think this is an elite level matchup for Taj Brooks. And if there is a week to ever play a Texas Tech running back, it's this week against Kansas. 
Much like North Carolina, FSU has been playing musical chairs with their running backs all season as well. Trey Benson seems to finally be the leader. In his last two games combined, he's got 33 carries and 48 fantasy points. So we'll see if that keeps up against Syracuse. But if it has taken hold, that makes him a very good value play down there at his current price tag. The last value play that I like is Damian Martinez of Oregon State. Insane value on this guy. His price tag still hasn't really been adjusted since his huge performance a few weeks ago, but he's consistently gotten over 14 points in his last four games. He is the guy in the Oregon State backfield. I think he presents a great value this week, Damian Martinez of Oregon State. All right, that does it for the ground game. I think we talked about enough options that we can fill out our lineups quite easily. Let's go ahead and talk about some wide receivers. The wide receiver position, we will break down how we always do. Start with the guys at the top of the board, talk about the guys on their team, talk about the guys on the other sideline, and just go by price and then by team. So, the top of the board should come as no surprise. Josh Downs is the number one wide receiver on the board. He had a monster week last week. He's been as consistent as they come for Drake May. Super solid target share. Super solid game log. No complaints about playing Josh Downs, especially against the Wake Forest secondary. If you want to stack North Carolina, Antoine Green is still the guy that I would be stacking with. He had a bad week last week, but I'm absolutely willing to go back to him. It's his first bad performance in the last month, and I think his you know that bad performance kind of keeps his price tag down. He's got a much better matchup against this Wake Forest secondary. I absolutely think it's a viable strategy to go May, Downs, and Green this week because if this game goes crazy, like I say that it has a chance to, those two guys for North Carolina are going to be the guys that take advantage of it. On the other sideline, for Wake Forest, A.T. Perry is back to last year's insane form. He had 12 catches against NC State last week. And look, that NC State defense is pretty stout. So if you can do that against NC State, what's he going to do against Carolina's weak secondary? When you're looking at other options, Jamal Banks is definitely Wake's second option. He has shown his ceiling because he has three games of 23 or more fantasy points on the season. Now, if you're looking for cheap options to stack or onslaught this game, among Wake's other receivers, Taylor Morin and Keyshawn Williams are the two that, looking at their snap shares, looking at their production, those are the two that I would say are worth a dart throw, Morin and Williams. Uh, I'm probably staying away from Green. I think he's a little overpriced. If you're looking to cut costs, I think Morin and Williams are the two guys that are worth doing that. Looking a little further down the board, Rome O'Duns of Washington. O'Duns? O'Duns? I'm going to go with O'Duns. Rome O'Duns is a solid, solid option. He's gotten at least six catches in every game since week three. He is Michael Penix Jr.'s number one target. I mentioned earlier when I talked about Penix Jr., Washington is going to have to throw the ball and score some points to keep up with Oregon. And if they do, it's going to be going to O'Duns. And then on the other sideline, I'm just not interested in any Oregon receivers. They're used too inconsistently. They're not really going to score a whole lot of touchdowns because Bo can just run it in himself. If you're going to play another Oregon player not named Bo Nix, play one of the running backs, either the starter Bucky Irving or the backup. I think that either option is a more interesting, more you know, kind of GPP type play than playing one of their receivers when all of their receivers are just super unpredictable. Xavier Worthy of Texas is an elite option to me. When you look at Xavier Worthy, not only does he get a lot of targets, but he gets premium targets. He gets targeted deep, 
and he gets targeted in the red zone. He gets targeted in a lot of situations where as long as it's a good ball and he catches it, it's an instant 10-point play just like that. And so we like guys like that because it's not going to take many catches for Xavier Worthy to score fantasy points. He's been super consistent with his target share all season. He's shown his ceiling with a 40-point performance earlier in the season. Xavier Worthy, elite-level option this week up against TCU. The other guy for Texas that I really like is Jatavian Sanders and only $4,000 on DraftKings. He's been pretty much guaranteed 10 fantasy points week in and week out. He gets scheme touches, meaning that we're looking at routes where he's one of two guys on the route or they're dumping it to him in the flat by design. Just he gets schemed up touches. They look to get the ball in his hands. And look, if you're going to pretty much guarantee the guy 10 fantasy points at $4,000, I'll live with that. And anything other than that's a bonus because... That's a pretty good value. For TCU, we do not know the status of Quentin Johnston, which is big. He is their number one option. He is going to be a first-round draft pick in April. And I don't really like any of the receivers outside of Quentin Johnston. I think Darius Davis is probably the guy you want if Johnston does not play this game. He kind of has flashed the upside and the big playability that Johnston has. And so maybe Darius Davis... If Johnston doesn't play, I don't know. I just I might surpass the situation altogether if, if Johnston does not play. Texas A&M is a team that I think it's very easy to target for their receivers. They pretty much only throw to two guys now, and those are Evan Stewart and Moose Muhammad. They're priced fairly similarly. Their game logs are fairly similar. They're the only two guys that are seeing consistent target shares. No problem going to either or both of them, especially if you are stacking with Connor Wagman. Aronde Gazden of Syracuse, technically a tight end, listed here at receiver, plays more like a receiver, targeted more like a receiver. He is an elite option because of how many targets he gets and because of how involved he is in this passing attack. And he is at the lowest price tag he has had in quite a while, going back to very early in the season when nobody had heard of him. So I definitely think Aronde Gazden, super good option. We know the FSU can be passed on. For Mississippi State, Ra-Ra Thomas seems to have taken over the alpha role. He's been their leading receiver in yards in the last two games, but they're playing Georgia. So I'm not really interested in any Mississippi State receivers, but I just thought it was worth mentioning that Ra-Ra Thomas seems to be the guy who is taking over that wide receiver one role down there in Starkville. For Cal, a guy that I do like is J. Michael Sturdivant. He is probably a guy that I just play as a one-off, though, not really into stacking the whole Cal offense or stacking him with his quarterback. But he's been double digits in every game since week one. He has a ceiling of 33 fantasy points this season. And I got to be honest, I'm not trying to sound mean here, but I'm not really afraid of the Oregon State defense. That's not a defense that puts any fear in my heart. And so if Cal is scoring a lot of points, J. Michael Sturdivant is going to be that guy. Now, another option that I did want to talk about is Max Wright of Texas A&M. If you are looking for a punt play, this guy is the punt play that I would be looking at. He's only $3,500 on DraftKings. He has the matchup against the weak Auburn secondary. And he's only appeared in three games. The last three games he's played. And he's got 10 points in two of those three games. I don't know about y'all, but I'm okay with 10 points for $3,500 salary. So Max Wright is the guy that I would be looking for if I were playing a punt play this week. All right, y'all. That does it for this episode, the college football night preview. And 
Also, it does it for this week of podcasts. So make sure that you go check out Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday's episodes. I got the college football early preview, the NFL preview, the college basketball preview for tonight's game. I'm really excited about that one. Make sure you go check out those other three episodes. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. And make sure if you want my full DFS lineups, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. All right, y'all. Great week in sports this week. I love it when we got football and basketball going on at the same time, and we're about to get some World Cup action too. So, great time to be a sports fan. Sit on your couch this weekend, spend some time with your family, and watch some sports. And hopefully, these podcasts gave you some guys that you could put in your DFS lineups that can help you win. Hopefully, you enjoyed the episode. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see y'all next week. Mm